Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Simone McNish here with me, and I'm so pumped for you to dive into this episode. Simone is amazing. Like Everything she talks about and teaches is phenomenal, and her energy is just on fire. So Simone is a business coach and and a diversity coach who helps elevate the voices of women of color. So in this episode, Simone speaks on how to be more diverse in your business, why it's so important. Also, she talks about how to be a good ally and what that even means, as well as how we can all come together to be a voice of change and to be the change that we want to see. Simone also shares about being a Black entrepreneur during the movement and how to really elevate your voice and stand in your power and own your story. I, I just love everything that Simone shares in this episode. I know that you are all going to get so much out of it and it's going to leave you feeling motivated, empowered, and ready to use your voice in a more impactful way. So make sure when you listen, you tag me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe, and also check out the show notes so that you know where to find and follow Simone. She shares a ton of gold on Instagram and on her website and offers programs on diversity and inclusion. So make sure that you go do that as well. So without further ado, let's welcome Simone onto the show. Hello, Simone. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here and I can't wait for you to just really open up and share your message and your magic with everyone. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to hear first, like, I know that you do, you're a business coach and you've been doing your thing, like really slaying the game online. What led you to your path and your purpose and your like the message that you're sharing today even like what has that journey been like I know everyone has like a backstory a mess that they turn into a message essentially (laughs) so I want to hear what that was for you yeah totally so I started my business almost exactly a year ago technically I think I've yeah I think I've actually surpassed my business anniversary but I don't celebrate until the 28th for some reason. That was, you know, that's my date. But um, so I've been in business almost a year. um, And yeah, I started my business when I had a full-time job. I was working at kind of like a startup, small company, um, working in marketing and 
aesthetics actually. So I saw, I've seen a lot of things. <laughs> and so I started my business just based on the fact that I knew I wanted to have another baby. I'm a mom of one and then I'm pregnant right now. And I was like, you know what, let me start this business. And it started off kind of as a virtual assistant and social media manager. And I really didn't love that. <laughs> I actually really found that I wanted to be more of a business coach. And I love coaching people, love telling people what to do and how <laughs> to do it and, and kind of really just walking with them through that journey. And so you know, fast forward, I had a lot of up and downs in my business. And the most recent real huge down that I had was I was laid off from my job. So about two months ago to the day. And that was devastating. I'd been at a job for six plus years, and they just decided to let me go. And it was really because of COVID and the whole aesthetics industry had really been impacted. So um, I decided to go all in with my business. I told my husband, like, let's do this. And he's like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> like, if you're going to be all in, you're going to be all in. And something that had always been on the back of my mind is just how incredibly white this industry is and non-diverse. And it's really hard with the coaching community not to see any representation well, or very little representation. So I decided to, you know, write this post about some things I've been seeing in terms of summits that were very non-diverse. And, you know, from there, my business coach was like, you should really think about doing a workshop or some, mm. something like that. And I'm like, I don't want to, because honestly, I like didn't want to teach a bunch of white people about race. Like I just yeah. was like, eh, I don't know. That's uncomfortable for me. Right. And so, but then as I started thinking about it more, I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? And what, what is something that's missing in this industry? And it's that conversation yeah. about privilege, about race, about all of this. Um, which, you know, when I went to college, I learned so much about that. And I don't have a traditional diversity and inclusion background, like at a corporate level, mm -hmm. but um, I have a ton of life experience as a black woman. And so I was like, you know what, let me just pull a workshop out. Like I've never really done a real workshop, but I decided to launch that and it got super successful. It you know, over 130 people have taken the workshop. It's amazing. It's, yeah, it's just a, a piece of my heart, right? And so I feel like it's been so well received and because I come from a place of wanting to help and also keeping it real. Like I always keep it real and I always want to help at the same time. So after that, I realized I'm like, I could definitely help people out um, in terms of finding a diverse um, clientele, building an inclusive business based on what I've learned and seen this past year. Mm -hmm. It's the real life experience, right? Versus yeah. just the piece of paper that I, I get from, you know, um, this or that institution. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, real life experience versus real that, life experience has a lot of merit. It really does. Yeah. And so, and that was something I struggled with too. And I still sometimes struggle with was, am I qualified to teach this? Am I not, you know? And then at the same time, I'm like, you know what? You are qualified. You've lived it. You can teach it. You, people are very receptive to your message and you're not harming anyone. You're actually helping a lot of people. So um, it's been a really fun journey. I've added that to my repertoire as a diversity coach and I've been having lots of sessions with people and kind of 
thinking about their inclusion statements and their diversity um, inside their business. And also like for white people and non-black people, everybody pretty much, what does allyship look like, you know? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean to claim that you're, air quotes, an ally, you know? So it really, to me, was it's been a really fun journey, um, very eye-opening and not always easy because a lot of the mess, you know, you talked about untangling the mess, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the mess was behind the scenes and things that were going on that were really hard to deal with. Um, As a Black woman, I was just like, oh my gosh. So also like my um my whole workshop really exploded due to the murders of black people which was incredibly hard um knowing that I made a ton of money and I got really successful in a really short time based on this fact and that was a really big factor so yeah that's the the not so quick not so dirty (laughs) well no I mean you you gave a lot of context there and there's a lot that I actually want to dive into from all of that I'm so glad that you have been sharing your message and like, I guess, pushed through the fear, whatever fear or resistance you were feeling around like showing up uh, to speak more about inclusion and anti-racism work and all the things. What was it for you? Like, I'm just curious, like, what was it for you that you felt was the biggest piece of resistance to like going in with that? Cause I think that your message is so, I mean, so needed. So many freaking people Ooh. need to <laughs> yeah. learn how to just, you know, do the right thing. But like, was it, a, was it um, not feeling comfortable or was it like not the whole, like not feeling qualified? It was both, honestly. At first, I would say phase one was not feeling comfortable. Like, uh, for context and background, I grew up around all white people always asking me things about where I'm from, where, you know, like, how basically trying to figure out how I fit into the world, right? So I didn't want to bring up those wounds, those really hurtful things that people have said to me. And I was worried so much about the backlash. Like I was worried like who, and then that came part two, which is who are you to be talking about this? Who are you to be really sharing this message? And who are you to be talking about things when you don't have a diversity and inclusion background, you don't have an HR background, but um, a lot of the people that I have seen teach diversity inclusion in a corporate setting, Mm -hmm. it's really boring. (laughs) Like it's really, really freaking boring. And it doesn't bring a lot of real life context, especially because my workshop was about entrepreneurs and coaches. Like Mm -hmm. I really took that lens versus a corporate lens is can be really dry. And I have friends who are diversity inclusion, um, they're educators and they make it fun for that crowd. But the ones I have been through, like in my old corporate job, they were so boring. Like I was like, I could do this better. Like I know the things. And um, so there was a lot of resistance around that. And still, honestly, to be honest, there's still some resistance around, can I offer this as a real thing? Or are people going to think I'm a fraud? And some Mm. people do think I'm a fraud. And I had to make peace with that, that, you can't please everybody, right? Exactly. So there's going to be a few naysayers who just are like, ooh. But also thinking about the coaching community, like who's to say, like most of us don't have a certificate for coaching. Some yeah. of us do. Some of us have the ICF and some of us have this, but a lot of us are springing these businesses into, you know, through 
basically into thin air, right? Mm -hmm. So we're a coach and we decide we're successful. So I think that's really important to think about. Yeah. And I think that you're like, you're always going to grow your skills and knowledge as you go too. you know, like you already have like enough context and experience of your own to be able to speak on the things that you do and understand like what shifts need to be made. And I think it's only going to grow. So what are like the biggest, I guess, like the biggest issues that you've seen in the coaching industry when it comes to like being so whitewashed and if that's like the right term to just say it yeah of like (laughs) what what are the biggest issues that you've noticed that you are really passionate about like helping people shift um to create a more inclusive uh field and also to all be part of the change that we want to see in the world totally yeah i think some of the biggest problems that i've seen that luckily there are some people who are trying to make some changes, but first of all, just like the resistance around the fact that a lot of white people contribute to this. Right. So it's like, there's a big, not me, right. Not, you know, like when I talked about this all white summit, I got a lot of, not a lot, but I got quite a few people who were like, well, that's not me or I didn't know, or I didn't think about that. Um, so a lot of resistance around there and kind of, um, you know, taking ownership of the fact that if you're white, you have probably, you know, participated in something racist, whether you think it's racist or not. Racism is, is systemic, right? It's institutionalized. It happens on so many layers and levels that, no, it's not you saying you know, calling a black person the N word, it's more subtle. And especially in coaching industry, um, a lot of times we see masterminds, they're all white, you know, a lot of time. And it's not like the coach hand selected these white people and said, like, I only want this person, this person, this person. Mm -hmm. But there's layers, there's the financial layer of a lot of, um, you know, marginalized people not being able to afford this high level of coaching, right? So, there's so many things that come down to it that like we have to unpack and uncover. Um, But also like, I want to say the one of the biggest problems for whitewashing is the representation problem. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've had quite a few talks with like high level coaches and they're like, but I couldn't find a guest speaker who was um, a woman of color. I couldn't find this. And I call bullshit. Like I really call bullshit. Like if you want to find someone um, who is a person of color or is a marginalized person is queer, you can find these people, right? You can find us. It's just really how hard are you looking, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just not just saying, oh, I checked the box. But the bigger picture is that like what the problem with inclusion is that people, it's trendy right now, right? It's trendy yeah. to be an ally. It's trendy to be this. But are you going to do it in six months? You know, is it, you know, if you have a podcast, are you going to continue to have guests on that don't look like you and don't have the same views as you possibly, or are you going to make that commitment to, Hey, I foresee that I'm going to continue to have a podcast. I'm going to continue to have summits. Where can I add more different people? Where can I add diversity there? Right. I think mm-hmm. it's really important to look at the long term and not just, a band-aid which is in my opinion what the biggest problem is right now is people are just doing a 
a scholarship or doing yeah, this. I find that, like, I think that a, like a lot of people are, are doing that type of thing mm-hmm. um, because they feel like they should do it. It's like what I've noticed is like there's a lot of different camps of white people trying to fix their shit. Yes. <laughs> Just saying. Like <laughs> there's people that are, um, they don't know what to do. So they think they should do certain things and then they're doing it because they should, but they probably still do genuinely. Some of them want to help, but they're like, Right. It's just a lot at once or whatever. Yeah. And then there's much. other people I feel are just so concerned about saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong yeah. thing, all this stuff. Um, and then it's like, you know, just suck it up and <laughs> do the work because there's so many layers to it. There's right. so many layers to it. And it's not even about us, period. It's about being part of the change. Exactly. That's... Like, that's a lot of what I see is a lot of white centering. Like, this is my this is my badge of honor. This is what I'm doing for me. And it's like, you know, I've seen other anti-racism educators. I'm not going to claim that I created this or anything, but saying, you know, it's not personal development to, you know, do this work and do this anti-racism work. It's being a good person. Yes, of course. But part of the work is the hard and the scary and the uncomfortable part, right? It's not the, I get a gold star for showing my receipt to donating to Black Lives Matter. Like, how does that, yes, that makes a change with your money. But at the same time, if you're continuing to participate in things, especially within your business and turning the other cheek when you see something wrong, that's not really taking the actions of somebody who is, doing anti-racism work so I think it's really important that white people do the work in private too like I think that's really saying something and I had a great call with one of my clients today and she said I really felt at the beginning of my anti-racism work that I needed to show my receipts that I was doing the work so I wouldn't get called out or blah 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 and then she said but the deeper in that I got the the deeper into the work I realized how I needed to just be quiet about it and do the freaking work. And I was mm. like, oh, that's such a good analogy. That's but interesting. Like, Cause I, I feel like, I mean, I, I know I can even relate to that too. There's been yeah. moments where I was like, Oh my gosh, should I be saying more? But I'm already like, I, yeah. I'm not perfect by any means, nor I'm not claiming right. to be, but like, I've thought of that too, of like, how should I be showing up continuously? Like, yeah. how does this look uh, to, to be like a real ally and like someone who is genuinely part of the change not for any golden stars or anything like that but like what does that look like (laughs) yeah exactly no I think and that's a personal thing where I think a lot of white people want a clear checklist right they want a clear checklist okay first I go and read me me and white supremacy and then I go and then I post on social media and then you know what I, and that's really not it right that's not something that any I'm sure somebody could like actually monetize that and make a lot of money <laughs> just be like here's your here's your here's your privilege checklist that's like, like so through yeah. it. <laughs> and I mean like it's funny but it's also like no part of the hard work is going through and saying like oh that's uncomfortable oh, I don't know what to do next, but I need to do something, right? Because there's a lot of burnout that's happening with a lot of people right now too. Um, both black people, 
um, non-black people of color and uh, like white people. So it really, cause, because we're like inundated with like, we should be doing more. We should be doing yeah. more. We should say more, we should say more. When at the same time, it's like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming, right? So I always tell people like, if this is a part of your long-term plan, um, you know, as a black person, as a white person, as a person of color, if this is a part of your long-term plan to be inclusive within your life and in your business, it's not something that's a quick fix. It's something that's a marathon. It just keeps on going and going and you keep on learning and you have to be able to make mistakes, right? You have to be able to say, I messed up there, right? I really, I messed up. Maybe I didn't stand up for someone who needed um, my voice and maybe I didn't do something that was right, but I'm recognizing it. And this is, this is my action on moving forward. And I think allyship is just based in actions, right? We can't, it's very, it's very tempting for a lot of white people to just call themselves allies. They just, you know what I mean? Just I'm an ally now, like everything's solved. And that's kind of not really the way things work. If you're not walking the walk truly. Mm. yeah so what exactly do you bring because you serve a lot of different clients from all different backgrounds black women women of color white women so like when you're working with your clients um what do you kind of like cover in the sense of like coming together to really like work together and in the sense of like diversity i'm just curious of like what that all looks like for you and your clients sure yeah so like I kind of, my business has been, um, in the past, like up until the past like month or so, it has been primarily women of color. And that was around getting women of color visible. That's always been my mission. That's always been exactly what I love. And that's what I'll continue to do, even working with white clients now too. But the really big part for me is elevating the voices of women of color. So we're not seen as much. We're not as visible. We don't, we have to fight a little bit harder, which sucks to get into like, you know, more visible positions, especially like in the coaching industry, like you can probably name 15, you know, million dollar or 750K to a million dollar coaches, but how many of them are black women? How many of them are Asian women? How many of them are Hispanic women? Not that many. Um, And do they exist? Yes, but they're just a lot of times not household names. So my biggest mission has just been to how do we get, how do I get my clients to get more podcast interviews, to get more guest coaching opportunities, to scale their businesses so they can help more people that look like them as well. Mm, And what are some ways that they could do that? Oh, like just there's so much. I mean, social media is just the best place ever, right? Like, I'm a a huge advocate of Instagram, but like also I love Insta it's too. So, yes, it's my favorite place to hang out. <laughs> so I think really the one of the biggest things is owning your narrative. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna sneeze, so I'm gonna one second. Yeah, I'm not gonna sneeze, I guess, but <laughs> so. I think one of like the biggest things is owning your narrative. So whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're a person of color, it doesn't matter, but like really truly owning your, 
own unique story Mm -hmm. and knowing that you have a thousand ways to tell your story, right? And so one of my biggest practices for all of my clients, honestly, is finding your voice and owning your story, right? We all have a voice. Yeah, we all have a voice. We all have a story to share. And we probably don't just have one. We have a billion, you know? And it's really important as business owners and as people, you know, taking away the business itself, you have to be able to tell your story and relate to other people. So that's one of the things I train my clients on doing is like, who are you? Like, how do we uncover you? And how do we uncover it in a way that can equate to dollars, you know, essentially, and it's a little bit different with my white clients, because a lot of my white clients, a lot of them are looking for permission, (laughs) which I think is, is interesting. A lot of them are looking for permission to talk about what they're passionate about. If it is having an inclusive business. Um, And then on the other side, women of color are looking for permission that they can go out and be these fantastic, awesome, huge figures. Hmm. And they don't need my approval, right? They really don't need my approval. They need they need someone who can say, yes, that's awesome, but they have to believe it within themselves. Yeah. So I think that is incredibly important. Um, and that goes without any color, honestly, like that's yeah. what a lot of women business owners in general, we want, like, we want this permission set to be this big aura. Isn't right? that interesting? So, yeah. And I find I, like, that so fascinating. It is. And I struggled with that too. Same. Emma. Yeah, I'm a manifester in human design, and I'm like, I am a big personality, a big aura. Like the girl who does my reading, she's like, you just need to take up space. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay, I'm going to take up some space, you know? I'm like, I'll just do that. But a lot of people have this problem taking up space mm-hmm. um, and then add, adding that extra layer of race and privilege like a lot of people are just even more uncomfortable to take up space because they're afraid that that space is wrong or too much or not appropriate right yeah I see like I can and so there's probably a lot of like also beliefs and like resistance in the way in that front as well like that added Mm -hmm. resistance I guess you can say so would you say that it's like um, a, like a bit, like a lot of the, the mindset work around that too, to just yeah. be like, own who you are, own your story, mm-hmm. own your message, like, yeah, uh, go against the, the old paradigm and create something yeah. new and rock it. Totally. And that's like, that's me. That's like my vibe. I love that. Yeah. You know, like I yeah. love, I love doing that, like shattering all of those beliefs, those old crap beliefs and something that like I've worked on before is like knowing when if it's really just a mindset thing or if it's generational trauma or trauma that's really deep-seated maybe you've had like maybe you are a black woman and you've been told like told to be quiet you've been told to Mm -hmm. shut up so many times that's at that point it's trauma in my opinion you know I'm not a trauma coach or anything but like Mm -hmm. those are real valid things that have happened so of course it's going to impact your business of course you're going to 
not want to show up as fully, right? Because you're scared and you've had this, this deep wound, right? So there's a lot of unlearning that you have to do. And two, just as women entrepreneurs, we're, we're taught to just be small sometimes, you know, like sometimes we're just, oh, I don't want to brag. Like, I don't want to talk about my wins. I don't want to talk about a high income month. Mm-hmm. Because what will people think of me? But yeah. we have to shatter those beliefs and just go for it. Like, what's the point of being here if we're not going to celebrate all of these awesome things that are happening in our business in my opinion like amen to that that's a reminder I still need to remind myself of even yeah all the time exactly so I feel like no matter what level you get to as an entrepreneur you still are like like you know I've I'm a big visual like visualization person and I Mm -hmm. I visualize like what does a 20k month look like what is a 30k what is a 40k what does a million dollars feel like and then even getting there to that visualization I'm like oh god what am I gonna do what kind of post am I gonna write are gonna are people gonna think that I'm bragging and I'm like who cares I love that you're having those thoughts though when you're thinking about it (laughs) I know it's gonna happen so I'm like I know it's gonna happen so I'm like oh gosh what am I gonna write and one of my little weird practices is like when I really want to smash a goal or like visualize something that's totally crazy and wacko is like it's so it's so Instagram of me but I always write my Instagram post about what I what I'm gonna say when I do hit that goal so I'm Mm. like I get really excited about that and it's you know, kind of scripting a little bit, but I just, I love it. It really works. And I've hit so many goals just from scripting or visualizing or both. Just both, honestly, like both. I just, I'm really huge into visualization. I'm huge into journaling. I love journaling too. Yes. It's my favorite. I journal pretty much every single day and just kind of let myself go where I want to go with it and sometimes ask yourself the deeper questions and sometimes ask yourself you know just checking in with you right now and how are you feeling and where do you want to go so mm-hmm. I think that's really important as people and as entrepreneurs to just keep that kind of you know running dialogue in your head going yeah so. your answers are so juicy <laughs> <laughs> yes they're like so I full do. of things Yes, I'm a Gemini too, so I have like oh, a multifaceted nice. Oh yeah, your birthday was recently. Happy belated yeah. birthday. It was like Thank yesterday. You. The day it was on it was last Thursday. Oh, I saw last. something like an old post yes. and I was like, Oh Yes. Yeah, it was it was last Thursday and it was so good. It was like nice. my favorite birthday yet. There's something about the pandemic that it sounds weird, but I'm like I love the time at home and I love not having any obligations I just I'm like I'm just gonna sit home today and no one's gonna try to come over but my mom came over and we had tacos and then we had apple pie for dessert and so it was just it was a very non-traditional very chill birthday that I was really feeling especially because I'm pregnant and I mean I love my cocktails so I can't have any (laughs) oh yeah I know (laughs) I'm glad you enjoyed it Thank you. So going kind of along the lines of what we first opened or what you first opened up with, with this last question, because I had a question in my mind still, like when you first started, um, when you were saying um, to 
for black women and women of color to own their story more. Like how, when I said, mm-hmm. how can they be seen more and get more exposure right. and reach the levels yeah. that you, you want to see them reach and part of your mission. Yeah. So my next question is um, like, what else can they do? And also how can more white women or white coaches like support that um, and, and help that as well? Totally. So I think, you know, the power of owning your narrative is being unapologetic about it, right? And I think that is something that is a lot of people struggle with in general, like just owning that story and using that to amplify your voice and message, going on podcasts and talking about your experience, but also going on podcasts and knowing that like, you're not just a black woman sharing your black woman experience, right? Because that's what I see a lot as well. It's just like, I want somebody to come in and talk about diversity. And it's like, Mm. once this little, you know, once the trend um, of people, you know, white people asking black people to come on their podcast fades, then what's left, right? We have to be seen as authentic business owners as well that have more to offer than just this unique, you know, just this, this layer of this, right? Yeah. This this one facet. So in my opinion, it's like black women and women of color, we have to really own that narrative and we have to be able to speak to it in a way that people understand. And not everyone's gonna understand, but at the same time we have to be able to, you know, talk about our message and our upbringing and our background in a way that is important but also our unique experience as an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Cause our experience a lot of times looks quite a bit different, right? We think about different things before we invest, right? Um, so I think that's really important in order for us to go higher and get more seats at the table. We have to really be unapologetic about our stories and about our morals and our values too. Like, I think that's really incredibly important. Um, So, and in terms of like how white coaches can better support um, black clients and women of color clients, holding space, in my opinion, creating safety and trust, it doesn't just start with, I'm going to go find um, four new black clients, right? Because if you can't hold space for those clients, what's the point, right? If you can't relate to those clients and do your first, your inner work, you know, first do the inner anti-racism work do a Rachel Cargill great unlearn do you know read books and work on all of those unconscious bias and you know things that are are deep-seated and are happening but you can't just go out to the store right and just all right now I'm gonna find some black clients you know you really have to do that inner work first and then connect with us, get to know us, right? Get to know us, get to connect with us and don't do it on a tokenization level where it's just like you're trying to collect a bunch of Pokemon and say like, hey, like I have this person, I have that person, I have that person, but get to know us based on who we are so you can learn how to hold space and hold, you know, that that big responsibility of working with women of color clients, right. Or diverse clients, right. Mm -hmm. Because you can't hold space if you don't understand us a little bit more. Right. And so I think it's really important that 
like white coaches don't just try to go off and just find women of color, you know, yeah. really do that inner work first and then think about I've seen like that happen as well. Yes, me too. And it's and it's weird. It's really icky and uncomfortable like as you, a black woman. I feel like you can feel that like energetically. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. And I'm honestly I won't lie, there have been some really big name entrepreneurs. I know. I like, probably know exactly what you're talking about too. It's, right. Million dollar entrepreneurs that are like in my space and I'm like, huh? You know, like what is going on here? This is so weird to me because they saw me on a follow chain or something like that. Oh, go follow Simone and Rachel Cargill and Topsy and then all these people. And it's just like, it's weird. You know, it's, it's very, it's not, you don't feel like people are trying to get to know you for you, but the cool after part of this is that like, i have a lot of new people in my space who just, mm. I love them. They love me. It's fantastic. But at the same time, they didn't come, they probably just came on a follow chain or, mm -hmm. you know, they just came because somebody said I was talking about racism and they wanted, it was timely. Right. But at the same time, it's like, we can feel when people are there just because they want to check that box off and say like, I followed 50 women of color. So I did, I did my part. Right. I'm cool with black people did my part. And that's really not it. Right. Like doing the work too is, getting to know us as human beings, right? We're not tokens. We are people that deserve a seat at the table too, right? We just have a lot of times a different experience. So it's up to white people to learn our experience, not for us. We've been taught the white experience so much, so much, but now it's time for white people to dig deep and learn about things that are different than their culture because white culture is a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, it can be deep work for sure, which is necessary. I'm yeah. curious if you get asked often um, from white coaches or clients of yours, like how to, like, I'm sure a lot of people, for example, have followed a lot of black women and women of color genuinely like wanting to learn but like where does the line come from like being like tokenizing people or yeah. does that make sense the question yeah totally so i think if you're following someone if you have done the great the great follow you know the great i don't have enough black people in my feed let me just go find 50 people to follow and you're really not looking to see if like these people vibe with you or that like are you doing it just to check a box are you really doing it because you like what is your motivation is your motivation to look good that's tokenization right mm -hmm. is your motive is your motivation just to say i've done my part i followed 30 black women cool but then after that you never interact with any of us mm -hmm. that's tokenization if you are trying to diversify your feed and say oh shoot I don't follow enough Asian women I don't follow enough black women I don't follow enough as they come along and you're like wow they're really interesting cool I'll follow them mm -hmm. but that's different than seeking out yeah you know a laundry list of people you're never going to interact with in my opinion I think that's tokenization also using 
you know, at this time using your, your black friend or follower or biz bestie as someone that you're tokenizing by showing on your feed all the time. Mm. This is my best friend. This is my best friend. That's really icky, right? Yeah. Especially if you weren't doing that before. Now yeah, it's interesting. I'm like, I'm like saying, yeah, like that. Cause I, I've, I've seen a couple people that have done that recently too. It's so cringe. It's so um, cringy. It's so, it sounds like a lot of it is also like, um, people need to be really honest with themselves. Like, yes. um, and that can sometimes be uncomfortable and so uncomfortable. So yeah. It's true. It's so uncomfortable to, and that's like one of the things, like I have a new group program that's launching and it's like a lot of it is going to be, people think they're getting inclusive marketing, which they are, but a lot of it starts with, why are you doing this? What mm. are your motivations? Is why that what I just recently saw you sharing about? Do you want to yeah. share a little bit more about it? I, would love to, I don't know when it's launching <laughs> hopefully it. before this comes out, but I want to hear yeah. about it and maybe send people there. Yeah. So I don't even know if I'll have a public launch, but um, we'll see because it's so, it's like, got oh yeah, because you got a lot of people on the wait list already. The wait list, yeah, the wait list <laughs> is popping. I'm like, what? So um, I decided to marry my two passions, which are marketing and business and inclusion and diversity and make this group program that is super awesome. It's a six week inclusive marketing and business program. And it's going to cover all of these things that people are wondering right now. What should I post on social media? How do I find more diverse clients? How do I build an inclusive business that's sustainable, right? That is not just about this short little flurry and is about the long term. How do I hold space for people of color? Like, how do I make sure I'm not tokenizing? How do I make sure, you know, as an ally or practicing allyship, like that I'm doing the right thing. Can somebody look at this copy? You know, Mm. can somebody look at my Instagram? Can we do audits? So it's going to be such a fun time and nobody's doing anything like it, which for me, my little manifesto heart just goes, I I go first (laughs) as a manifester. So I'm always like, Ooh, yeah. Manifestors are, they just put it out there and they're like, this is what I'm doing. Come on guys, let's go. (laughs) Exactly. So my coach, my coach is really big into human design. She's just like, yeah, this is so you Simone. Like, Mm. (laughs) of course you're going to go first and do this, this crazy program. But, um, I've gotten such good feedback, just even sharing the bare bones of it. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be six weeks and it's going to be super fun and high touch and it'll just be six weekly calls and having that time to have that open space. I've noticed that a lot of people want that safe space to be, to ask the weird questions, the, Oh, is this a stupid question? And I try to make it a, uh, a safe space where people don't say like, this might be dumb. No, it's not dumb. Like if you have the question, other people have the question too. So holding that space for people, I think there's going to be about 30 people in the program. That's what my intuition tells me. (laughs) I know, which, you know, my last group program launch in six months ago had two people in it. So I'm like two people to 30 people is pretty freaking crazy. That's amazing. Time. Thank you. At the same time, it's also, it's very timely and people are kind of wanting something like this. So I'm really excited to just lead these people. And I have guest experts coming in too, who um, I have a real diversity and inclusion expert uh, who is, you know, trained in 
all of that stuff. Um, so she's going to be talking about hiring a diverse team and what to look for. So it's going to be really fun. My own coach is coming in. She has a really, truly, yeah. Inclusive business that she, you know, she has worked on for the past two years where it's always been inclusive. So what does that look like to have a long-term inclusive business? And so, and I'm just there to add my little flavor and, fun so I just feel like it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a signature program I was I was literally you literally I swear to god took the words out of my mouth I literally was about to say I feel like that can be a signature program yes so that was definitely on point (laughs) so true we're definitely connected because I I was like oh my god yeah it's a signature program people are already asking okay I can't afford it this round yeah can I do the next round I'm like I don't even know because I'm gonna have a baby but yeah but you could put it on yeah yeah. So I think I, what I'm going to do is the first time run it live, like live, live, and then, you know, transfer it to more of a modules and then a and a type of thing. You know what? Can I just share like an idea that just came to me? <laughs> I just like to ask permission. When, I like, love ideas. So I feel like also, and by the way, for those of you listening, of course, I'm going to share the link and where you can connect with Simone so you can <laughs> check all that. But I feel like also like you can probably even partner up with people who like say even like if I did something and I was yeah. like oh my gosh I want to include something like this for my people but I'm, I'm not going to be teaching it obviously so yeah. like I feel like you can partner with a lot of people too or do something kind of like that and that mm-hmm. would be freaking epic because fire yeah. yep so, <laughs> no I yeah. love that that's a great <laughs> idea no I like the idea of having it be a part of like coaches curriculum like I actually have a friend who she is like she's a real diversity and inclusion educator as well and she's working on getting her coursework added to um the icf so like that has to be part of the training and i'm like even at in my own bubble level i feel like this is a great thing that coaches could you know add as a supplement to their program or send people over and say like hey I think you guys should all take this first. So I'm, mm-hmm. that's a great idea. I love that. And I think that could definitely be a thing that, you know, is a great compliment to a strategy or, uh, you know, strategy coaching or mindset coaching yeah. or life coaching or any of that, you know, I think it could be a really good thing to think about because wherever you're at in your business, being inclusive and having a diverse business is just, it's just good for your business. Like mm-hmm. it really, truly opens up the doors to so many more clients and interactions that are so great. So I'm really excited about the program and who knows where exactly it'll go, but I have a feeling I'll be running it again soon. (laughs) That's awesome. And are you still like for people who didn't um, get into your workshop, are they able to still sign up for that as well? Just curious. Yeah. Okay. Totally. So I'm selling it on a replay now without the live Q and a. So Unfortunately, they missed the magic of the live Q&A, but, you know, there is a replay available, which is still super fun. It's a 90-minute replay, and that's available for purchase on my website, and it's it's great. Like, I really enjoyed running it. Yeah, I'm, like, watching it again. (laughs) Yay! Again. No, I really... Yeah, there's a lot, and I really packed it in there, so... I'm really excited to take this time for my other program to like spread yeah. it out a little bit and adding more things in there. 
um, because it will be different material and expanding on a lot of the things I taught on, which is going to be really fun. So I'm just, I'm just buzzing. Like I'm so excited. I'm super high energy and high vibes about it because yeah, it's like, it's all coming together and it's been, it's just been really fun. So, and I, I believe that's a big pillar of my business is just, if I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. Oh my God. I say that all the time. It's it's (laughs) something I need to remind myself of too, because I'm a generator so I can get into total work mode. (laughs) You just, you're going, Uh, going, going, right? (laughs) And that's why I'm always preaching. I'm like, be, do, have you guys be, because I have to remind myself too. (laughs) Stop doing so much. But um, it's so hard. This is such an amazing conversation. I feel like we could just go on. But this is amazing. We totally could. If I didn't have another interview right after. (laughs) Right. I know. I want to give you your time. Yeah. But um, thank you so much, Simone, for just sharing all of this. I feel like it was so valuable um, and informative and amazing. And um, I want everyone to follow you and go check out all the things you're offering. So where can they do that? what links do you want to share? I'll share them in the show notes too. As everyone listening already knows that, but just say it too. (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, So you can follow me. My main playground is Instagram. So at Simone.McNish, M-C-N-I-S-H. Excuse me. Um, But yes, you can find me on Instagram. My website is www.simonemcnish.com that's where you can find more information about me of course I don't really do the Facebooks very much so I'm on there too but like yeah send me a message on Instagram if you want so yeah that's where you can find me and really excited to be here and it was so much fun chatting with you yeah this was so great this was awesome thank you so much And again, for those of you listening, make sure you go out, check out the show notes so that you can find those links, connect with Simone. And yeah, I'll see everyone in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you.